You're listening to Arch, a CCS student podcast. I gotta get used to having these headphones. I know. I Hearing your own voice is the weirdest thing. Yeah. Like everybody else sounds But I kind of like my voice. I might be like, <laughs> what's it called? When you're like a narcissist? Yeah, a narcissist. <laughs> yeah. So often side effect of being a podcast owner. <laughs> Right. A public personality. Yeah. If Are we an influencer? Are we recording? Yep. Oh, okay. So that's what the green means. All right. No, All I'm right. recording to my computer separately. This doesn't mean anything? Nope. Oh, okay. All right. So, uh, what is up, guys? Welcome to the fifth episode of the Barks Podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Isaiah Harris. What's up, guys? And I'm also here with a special guest. Can I call you... Can I say that your name is Ann Harmon? Is That's that disrespectful? Fine. That okay. is my name. That is her name. And she is the, uh, what would you What would you say your title is? Well, my email signature says that I'm the capstone and research curriculum coordinator. Okay. I'm That's also a high school English teacher for okay. CCS. Uh, you teach seniors, right? I do. Only seniors? Mm-hmm. So uh, we, me and I say don't have you, but Conference. I do. Oh, you do? Oh, wait. Well, not for, well, oh, yeah, wait, for capstone I've, workshop I've, I've and capstone for capstone. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so the first question that we have for you, well, I guess we'll kind of do a, we have this thing at our school. If you don't go to CCS, I'm assuming most people that listen to this are going to know what it is, but for the people that don't, uh, what would you say? Well, what would you give a brief overview of what the capstone project is? Yeah, I'm happy to do that. I would actually love to hear from both of you, your perception of the capstone. And then I think I okay. can fill in some of the gaps. All right. So what I understand is you pick a topic, you research that topic, and then you have to do something involved, like to work towards fixing that prof, uh, problem, whatever it is, in the next uh, in the next semester, right? Second semester. What about it? Um, I'd say I think that it's, from what my understanding, I... Or we just, yeah, basically what you said, just find a problem that we're interested in or know something about. And we research it for first semester. Mm -hmm. And then second semester, we will, like, do more hands-on stuff. Mm -hmm. Is that kind of, yeah, so that's basically Yeah, and that's basic. I think the only part of that that you left out is that the whole culmination is that at the end of the year, you're going to be sharing what you've done and Mm -hmm. learned over the course of the year with... Uh, with an audience a presentation yeah kind. Okay. yeah so like understanding a problem first then taking what you've learned figuring out what you can do to contribute to not really solving it but like helping make things better in that particular area um so we just kind of wanted this podcast to be just like a a more like not necessarily a conversation but kind of in a sense a conversation yeah. where yeah. we're just kind of we have i have lots of notes obviously and just like stuff we put out of form for anybody to come in and ask questions concerns whatever they have um so we got a lot of responses i wasn't really sure if we were going to get a lot of responses or not okay but we ended up getting a lot more than i thought so that's i'm glad about that we have a lot of stuff to cover but um the first question that i just wanted to say was where does the concept come from and like I, I, I've hmm. heard some people say, like, are you, like, the founder of it? No. Or, like, <laughs> or th- you know. The cult leader. Yeah. The inventor. <laughs> yeah. The no. inventress. 
Um, as I don't know where the overall origination of this is. So I came to CCS from a high school that was doing something similar, but I know that they were adapting things that high schools, high schools elsewhere have done. Mm. And I will say when I myself was in high school, I had to do something like this. It was not, um, quite as involved and not from not incorporating a biblical perspective. So I think it's, I don't know where it originated, but I think it's something that's been around in education. I think I, I may be correct in saying that my previous school was actually adapting some things that Covenant does. So okay. that's kind of a weird. Like, what what was back. your previous school? Uh, Annapolis Area Christian School, okay. kind of between Baltimore and Annapolis, and Maryland. Yeah, how long were you there for? I was there for 14 years. Wow. Okay. And they had. <laughs> I think I'm 14. <laughs> if Malika was here, which he's not here today, right. he's yeah. Where has legs. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that concept has just been around, obviously, for long. Yeah. And in terms of, I think it sounds like you're also asking, where did the idea of doing that at CCS come from? Sure. Yeah. And I think that's some of. So I think you've heard the like seek truth, serve others, steward creation mm-hmm. language, and that that's the vision of what you will be growing in your ability to do as you move through your time here and as you leave here. And I think one of the one of the goals of the capstone is to give you practice in doing those things in a more kind of independent way than you're doing it in your classes. And also I think for the school to assess how well are we doing in preparing students to be the kind of people that we say we want them to be. So I think the CCS's reason for starting the capstone this year is because it enables them to assess some things and not just assess things about you as seniors, but to assess things about the CCS curriculum and to say, are we, are we putting things in place to help students grow in the areas that we say are really important? Then, okay. and, and I think the capstone enables us to not measure, but assess that in some ways a little bit differently than your other academic classes. So when you think about that, I think a question that I've heard a lot of parents and not as much students, but parents, Mm -hmm. I think the parents are able to like articulate and think about it more, like come up with, you know, more uh, meaningful questions. But Mm -hmm. I think one of the questions is like, why was it, why was it rolled out now and why was it Hmm. rolled out to these seniors whereas i've heard some people say like maybe it could have been rolled out in the freshman class where they say like okay this is what's coming Hmm. like here like here's a look forward to your senior year because i've heard i've heard parents say things like well if we didn't know if we knew that we're gonna have all this work that we're gonna have to do we wouldn't like our students wouldn't have signed up for these classes. Like hmm. they, they might have like okay. s- switched around their schedule and things like that. Made to some make different it. decisions. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I can speak to what I know about that, but I will say that the, the decision to start the capstone this year was made prior to me, if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So that decision was made and then I was hired to do that. So I didn't come to CCS and say, Hey, can I come and start a capstone yeah. here? If but so sense. did they, 
start that thinking maybe that we're going to do that by themselves or did they always have an idea of we're going to have to my find so my sense is that there was a vision to move in this direction eventually and there were some different ideas about how that would look and i think at one point there was the vision that this kind of thing would happen in senior english so yeah. one of the things that senior english classes aren't going to be doing this year is writing an anatomy of a problem paper which is something that previous seniors have done yeah. i think for the last couple of years and i think that that was an initial step of how can we get seniors doing this kind of work and is that something that can happen in English? And then I think a combination of just some of the schedule changes with this year and the, in some ways the, the freedom to make, well, maybe not freedom, I guess just the opportunity to make changes coming back from COVID. Um, yeah, okay. That, that some things came together that, that made it possible to start it this year. So I think it didn't, it didn't just occur to people last spring, let's do a capstone. So, but that is pretty much when people started hearing about it. And I, right. And I understand like you probably didn't, you're, it's not like your deal where you're like, you, oh, it, the blame's not on you. That's what I'm saying. But like, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I guess we would need to talk to. Yeah. So I think Ms. Ellis would okay. be a great person to talk about who in terms of what led to this decision and and timing and and I think she would be able to give you the backstory okay. of what were some of the previous thoughts about how this would look and then why why did it end up looking this way in this particular year. So, so I think what I can tell you is that it wasn't it wasn't coming out of nowhere. Yeah. Um and the and the goal was like I think this year provided some opportunities to get it started. So if we want to run that up with friggin' next week, I don't know. Maybe we'll have to have Miss Ellis on the podcast. Yeah. I don't know. Pause, pause, pause. So I guess for now we'll just focus on more <coughs> questions like of like in the moment. Yeah, practical. What's going on. Like how does it look? Yeah, and it's fine. I don't know. Do you want to? Um, yeah. So currently we have. So basically in the stage of the research we're doing right now, we're doing annotated bibliographies. So we have had three, or we've had two mm -hmm. sets of anti-bibliographies do. So we had the first set, which was two mm -hmm. anti-bibliographies, mm -hmm. and then we had on top, and then we had four more, mm -hmm. or four. Yeah, four to five, depending on how many of your own sources. Four to five more. Yeah. So, um, um, the question is, is so there's six. So is there. So what's due next week is six more. So the the total number of sources we want you want you to end up with is somewhere in the realm of ten to twelve, and so depending on how many you have, that means you'll be doing five to six okay. for the next installment. And so one of the questions that we had submitted was, would one to two be like sufficient? Because because the mm -hmm. parents feel like um, if you have if you do one or two properly and like actually think about them, mm -hmm. is that better than cramming five to six and just or, to get them done? Or maybe even not, I mean, I don't know what the question said exactly, but maybe even just like three or four. I mean, you know, cause mm -hmm. three or four. So you're asking about like how many are due at one time. Yeah. Yeah. So I think can I, I would say a bigger picture observation that I've had from working students, working with students in capstone workshop is that our, decision to break up the annotated bib into multiple installments, I think is something that we 
hoped would make it less overwhelming than saying you're going to find 10 to 12 sources. But it, my perception, and feel free to speak into this, is that the three separate assignments has maybe made it more confusing mm-hmm. and yeah. burdensome because some of the directions have changed from assignment to assignment. Would that, is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I guess the first one was more like guided to where we had mm-hmm. those, um, we had like specific things that we were needing to source from and right. like say, right. how does this apply to our topic? Right. Whereas now we're like branching out and trying to yeah. find our own sources, which that makes sense to me. But I think the, I think the problem lies where people just are saying like, it's just a lot of stuff to find that you have to like 12. When you hear that word, mm-hmm. 12 annotated bibliographies, mm-hmm. it's like, mm, so I guess, you know. yeah. And I would say there's nothing like magic about that yeah. number. And our, our goal is we're having you find, I think you're going to end up with more sources than you will actually need to use in your paper. But because you're finding more than the minimum, we're hoping that you won't have to do much more research, if that makes sense. So if we only made you find six sources mm-hmm. total, but then your research sent you in a different direction, you might have to go back and do additional layers of research. Yeah. And what's this paper going to consist of? So, <laughs> I'm sure we could have found, found it somewhere. Great but. question. <laughs> so I will say one of the things just in the last couple of weeks in getting some feedback from you and from parents and hear, I think hearing, hearing your experience of this has helped us look at the rest of the process and say, okay, how can we, how can we simplify some things and also take off some of the pressure so that we're not having deadline on top of deadline on top of deadline. So the paper I think is essentially going to be a survey of the resources that you will have gathered in your annotated bib. So taking the problem that you are looking at and saying, what did God want this area of creation to look like? What are the problems in this area? Where did they come from? And then what are people doing to respond to it? We were originally gonna, going to have you say what, like, what should people be doing to respond to it, but I think asking you to, ha- to do that thinking on top of finding and digesting all of these sources is, even though it's not like a lot of work, it takes a lot of thinking to get to that point. So it's going to be, what, it, what are the things that people are doing? And then in the conclusion, that's, that would be a place where you can say, this seems like the best approach. And the the goal is that that thinking about what people are doing or should be doing can help give you direction for what you will be doing in the second semester. So based on what's being done and what seems most helpful, how can you do something to be a part of that or contribute to that or replicate that here in your own kind of communities and spheres of influence? Um, so one of the things in going along with like just the current assignments, mm-hmm. What is the current policy on like late grades? Because I've heard some people say, oh, they said there wasn't going to be late grades. Then they changed their minds or like, and that's kind of the impression I was under. Like I thought, oh, like it's due here, but Hmm. obviously it's pass fail. So if you get it in whenever, like, you know, it was uh, to me and I'm kind of a procrastinator, you know, just at heart. So like Mm -hmm. when I hear that, I'm like suggestion, you know, (laughs) you know. So that's what I'm kind of wondering about. Like like what is the policy just Mm -hmm. late grade wise? So with, I don't know where the idea that there wouldn't be late grades came from. Um, 
because one of the things, I think one of the other goals of this project overall is to give you experience in managing your work more independently. So it's, you're seeing your, your teacher or your mentor fewer times a week than you see a classroom teacher. There is more on you to manage outside of school. And I would say that I, that's definitely where some of the pressure points are right now. But I think that's also a skill that we're wanting you to build over the course of the year. So that being said, figuring out how to manage your work and get things in on time is one of the goals of the capstone. So that's why, even though it's pass fail, we are, we're factoring in timeliness. So I would say one way that we've diverged from the kind of standard academic late policy, is that something that you're like, if I asked you what that was, would you know what that is? Well, it's 50% off the first day for like homework, right? For daily work. Yes. For daily work. And then if it's like a test or something, it's like, or quiz, what no, is it, it's 10% off? It's if home, like homework. Or essay, that's what it would stuff be. Stuff that doesn't, isn't necessary for the class coming up is 10%. Mm-hmm. Like if you have a class right. that you're, like oh, you yeah, need yeah. to read this right. for this class, and then it's 10% per day. And then, yeah, and then two weeks, it's a zero. Yeah, so all of this, I think, all of the work that you're doing for Capstone would fall more in the, like, essay or project category. Mm-hmm. So, but the normal academic policy is that it's 10% a day, until it gets to 50%. And then I think when it's two weeks late, you just get zero, right? So we didn't want anybody to get to that point, A, because it would minimize your ability to pass, and B, just because all of the work for the capstone builds on itself, so not doing something Mm. is actually going to hurt you further down in the process. So we've been factoring timeliness into the rubric so that you lose 10% a day initially, but I want to say the max deduction that you can get has depending on the assignment has been between 20 and 30% off. Okay. That's good to know. So there is a late deduction. It follows the CCS policy up to a point, but then it doesn't, it doesn't go as far just because of the nature of this project. So one of the things you touched on was um, something that actually I have like a direct quote from a comment that I'm just going to read. Um, It says, I realize that the school's response has been that the kids need to learn time management and how to balance priorities. However, the capstone is basically an additional course. In college, they won't all of a sudden have a class that they didn't sign up for. Based on my child's feedback, the coursework in English, Bible, et cetera, is not getting any less prior to um, compared to prior years. Had we known that it would be this involved, we wouldn't have signed up for honors and AP classes and and Mm. maybe opted out for more study halls. So do you have a comment on that or? Yeah, I think I've heard some of that feedback and thinking about, so what was removed to make room for the capstone was the paper in English and then the community service requirement that was like a semester class, right? So, well, yes, but community service doesn't really require. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So remove from your daily schedule, even though it doesn't, that didn't affect workload. Wait, what paper in English? It would so, be at the end of the year. Yeah. As so I, I think it. the thing that the thing that we have been realizing is that the things that were removed weren't things that impacted students in terms of requiring out of class work during the fall semester. Yeah. So I would say Especially. that's yeah, that is something that we are putting together and why we are looking at some of the upcoming assignments and saying, how can we um how can we still have you do these things that we think are going to be meaningful and worthwhile, but yeah. acknowledge that your schedule hasn't had more room created in it? I would guess the other comment that I would say, and this is, again, 
going back to last spring, um, I know that the capstone workshop exists to create that space in people's schedules. Yeah. But I don't, I wasn't part of getting people to sign up for that. And I don't think, I don't know at that point. I think they had, I mean, they had, they had a fleshed out vision of what the, like what the capstone would be in terms of paper project presentation. Um, when you say they, do you mean the school or do you mean the students? Um, so I think the academic counselors and Ms. Ellis and people who were, who were rolling this out to you last year at some point, and then also sharing that information with parents. Okay. Because I mean, I don't know what the, or if we have like a percentage on that, but like, I feel like I know, I know a lot of people that are in the Capstone mm -hmm. Workshop and I know a lot of people that aren't in the Capstone Workshop. I, for example, I mean, I'm not and Isaiah yeah. is. So, so it's a, I want to say I have some, I have like 64, 65 students. So it's a little over half the senior class. So okay. 107. Senior yeah. class, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's, yeah. I mean, so it's about I would not say. I'm pretend like I can do that math real quick, but. <laughs> if if I were going to give advice to a rising senior next year, mm -hmm. I would say, yeah, you need to take that class. Mm -hmm. I don't know how because I, I obviously it wouldn't fit into my current schedule. I don't know how I would have taken it either way. But well, I think you, I think some people have taken it in place of a study hall because okay. it large there. It's not like I'm instructing. It's yeah. some guidance. I mean, you can speak to it, but like okay. a lot of work time. Yeah, and not always work time on capstone. Yeah. It's more of like here she's she well she's our teacher so she's always there for questions and like helping us figure out what we're researching and like what people to talk to and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. And I know that a, I was just looking today at the class list for Capstone Workshop next semester, and I know that a bunch of people who don't have it now have it then, and that class. Mm -hmm. So next semester it will be giving people time to go off campus and do their project to mm. prepare for their presentation. That's. Um, that's very necessary i think like yeah i feel like at that point people like being able to like take time during school to do that because a lot of people mm -hmm. have extracurriculars they can't right. do that so it's like right at that point i feel like it might just need to be like a mandatory a required i mean and obviously i know this whole like we're all figuring this out together kind yeah. of and it's just like a interesting process but another thing is like i've heard some people say like maybe just plug it in in the spring like you know what i'm saying like a lot of people say like well hmm. there all these students are working on like applying for college and like visiting college stuff like that i know that's like stuff me and a lot of my friends have been mm -hmm. like just working through it's like a it's a whole process you know so mm -hmm. uh i guess just like i don't know i mean i don't know what you think about that like there's the fact that it's two semesters in general i i know you probably have certain beliefs on why it should be like that so yeah, I think, I mean, I think trying to do it all in one semester would be a little bit of a crunch. Yeah. Um, and I think what gets tricky in the project phase is that, I mean, depending on what you're doing, that either may require some prep and planning on your part, or it may depend on schedules outside of you. So like if you're going to volunteer with an organization, when they can accommodate you coming. So there's a little bit, so it's, there isn't, there's much less outside of school academic work second semester, but yeah. there will, your time will be invested into some other things that may be a little bit less predictable or that you'll have a mm -hmm. little less control over than the research paper. Okay. Um, I think, I mean, I think you could do a version of this in one semester if you wanted to, but you would need to scale it back. 
And what is the, um, so by the end of the first semester, what is the vision for what we so have? By the end of the first semester, you will have a research paper. Oh, wow. So okay. you're basically taking the whole semester to write one paper. Okay. So everything that we're doing is building up to that. Okay. Okay. Right. Um, so I'm going to do another quote, if that's okay sure. with you. Uh, it seems that the coursework slash content is being graded more rigorously than other courses with students who wouldn't normally receive an A, with students who would normally receive an A or B in honors and AP classes receiving C's and D's on the capstone assignments. And the question is just like, um, how are these teachers? And I know I kind of talked to you about it a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like I've, I've, I don't have any stats, but like from what I've seen, it's like different teachers are grading differently. And like, depending on who you have, you're going to get, you're going to get a lot different grade. Mm. And because, because if you don't know how it works for the people listening, it's like you're assigned to a capstone mentor who mm -hmm. you meet with once a week and mm -hmm. they are the one that grades your assignments for capstone. It's it. And so there's how many groups? Five, 10, 10 total. So 10. Different so teachers. there's 10 different teachers, all of whom are obviously qualified to teach, but you know, like People, I, I have specific questions about specific teachers, which I won't ask, obviously, mm -hmm. but like they want to know, like, how are they qualified to be in the specific capstone, like mm -hmm. grading the specific thing that obviously I would say you're probably the most qualified to grade, obviously. Right. I mean, so I can talk a little, I think I can speak to kind of both sides of that. So how people got involved with capstone, I think was a combination of their interest and their like disciplinary expertise, not discipline as in like student discipline, but like academic discipline. Mm -hmm. So the goal was to have people from a range of subject areas to, to support students in a range of different topic ideas. So um, then in terms of the grading, so we are, we meet together as capstone mentors once a week. Um, and my role as capstone coordinator is to provide the rubrics for grading. So the rubrics are there so yeah. that everyone is grading by the same standards, right? So it's not just a free for all grade this annotated. I, yeah. And I know that's the case, but right. You know, people, even when you have rubrics, like right. teachers are going to grade differently. Yeah. So I would say part of my role as capstone coordinator is to monitor that and to follow up with people on their grading. Yeah. And I would say I've, I have, I have had conversations both where I've initiated to say, hey, you might want to revisit this part of your grading. Or I've had teachers say, hey, can you take a look at this and let me know if I'm grading this the way that the way that I should be. So there is some, I guess, transparency, if yeah. that makes sense, yeah. so that so that we can all see how each other is grading. And my part of what I've tried to do is give people resources for grading. So grade a few of the ones in my group as an example and say, okay, look at how I graded these and reference those. So um, when you see these people these like decent amounts of students like getting s like C's and D's. Is that like normal? Like, is that what you were expecting or? I think in this, so I think some of that has been a function of the annotated bib assignment and the different kind of the multiple layers of that assignment. Mm -hmm. So I, I would say I haven't been concerned because I've had some low grades in my own group and I haven't been concerned because everything in capstone is revisable and because in yeah. some cases the 
like the point deductions are for really easy fixes. Yeah. So, so what do you, can we go into that a little bit? Mm -hmm. What is the exact like dimensions of re, uh, revision? So you can correct anything that you submit, resubmit it, and it will be regraded for full credit. Completely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Except for if it's late. Right. So you won't earn the timeliness point okay. back. Yeah. But everything else, if you turned it in on time, you could. So I think that you could is revise huge it up to 100%. Because, yeah. well, if if you want to hack the system, you turn in a blank, blank document <laughs> and then you can correct it all the way. You yeah. Know? So that's exactly right. Well, Don't do that, guys. But well, we do have um, in some of the bigger assignments minimum requirements yeah, yeah, yeah. for I'm, acceptance. I mean, I'm joking. I know. But, I know. Um, Isaiah, sorry, I'll let you talk. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, so, uh, talking about like the grading process and like mm -hmm. all that. Um, so like at the end of the semester, so it's pass fail, mm -hmm. so, but like, it's actually for the whole year. So oh, okay. that was one of the, the decisions that we made when we were planning it this summer, realizing that if we broke it up by semesters, there wouldn't be a ample time for you to revise the research paper. And we yeah. didn't want that to have to be mm. something that we were trying to cram in right at the end of the semester when you also have exams. Okay. So your grade, like your, the grade that is pass fail will be one that's determined over the course of the whole year. Okay. So you can revise the paper as well? Mm-hmm. Okay. Is that's there, interesting to know. Is there, yeah, I would say the thing that is most limited, well, the, 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 all of the research steps, I think, are the most revisable because they're written work. So when you get to the project, what you'll be handing in is a project reflection that you can revise. I mean, you can't actually, you can't really revise what you did for the project. And I would say the, the presentation, you will have limited opportunities just because we're going to hit the end of the year. So yeah. what we will have everybody do is a practice presentation that you have to, you have to pass in order to be scheduled for the final presentation. And then the final presentation is basically your revision opportunity. So what would happen if someone did not pass? It just like, are they just like expelled? So uh, I think, like, I mean, <laughs> they repeat talk about it. What, like at what stage? Like, so, so say we have our presentation next year and mm -hmm. we did all of our stuff and like something about it, like we didn't actually do enough or I don't know exactly what the criteria will be, but like mm -hmm. say y'all demon not, Access, uh, acceptable mm -hmm. and like you're like okay you didn't pass and it's a it's a requirement to graduate correct yeah so I think that's partly why the practice presentation exists so if you don't pass the practice presentation you just keep mm -hmm. doing it until you do pass and then when the passing that I think our goal is to communicate to you we're not going to put you into a public presentation situation with questions in your mind of mm -hmm. are you capable of doing this so that's meant to say like you 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 are capable of passing this. So, so if something happened, right, like something terrible happens in your final presentation and you end up failing it, we would just give you an opportunity to redo it. So you don't really see anyone actually failing it? Like irredeemably? Yeah. So, no. but I think what you were trying to say is, and what I was, what I would wonder also is what happens when you run out of time? Like you can only redo this practice presentation so many times before the school year's over. Right. 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 I mean, I think the goal would be you're going to be practicing. Your mentor is going to be giving you feedback. You're mm -hmm. going to have what you need to read to redo it. Um, 
if so if you ran out of time to be before the cutoff date that you would need to pass it to be scheduled on the final date we would just move back your final presentation mm, beautiful so i think one of the other questions is and i guess you would say well you're only being graded on the practice presentation is that right you're getting uh you're getting you have to pass the final presentation okay but it can only impact your grade positively so yeah. If you do better on the final presentation than on the practice, you get the higher grade. If you do worse on the final presentation, but you still pass, you keep the grade from your practice presentation. And the practice presentation is just to only one person or what? Yeah, likely to your mentor. We haven't totally worked out the logistics for that. We've thought about trying to have you present a part of your mentor group just so you have some experience before more of an audience than one person. I but Because I think one of the concerns also is just like, I mean, people get scared in those yeah, situations. Right. And even me, like I'm pretty outgoing, but like, I don't know, talking in front of the whole, I mean, I've done it before and I could do it, but like, yeah. so I know, definitely know some people that that would be a struggle for and like yeah. maybe a little bit too much of a struggle to yeah. a point where they're like. So I think one thing that we would offer if people are really seriously concerned about anxiety in that situation would be you can opt to have a closed presentation where you just have kind of a, a small panel of people or you yeah. can say, I don't want any other students coming to see this. I just want my family and and the teachers oh, who are so gonna family's be. gonna be involved in like these presentations they'll be invited oh i i Ooh. see it as kind of like uh i don't well i, I actually never mind i don't want to so talk. is it is it like gonna be like during the school day because mm -hmm. there's gonna be a lot of presentations right so the way that we'll do it it's thursday may 19th which is a few days before you graduate so mm -hmm. we will schedule presentation slots throughout the day. There won't be any school that Ooh, day. So there won't be any okay. classes. Like the, so the like whole the day sure. will be just seniors presenting in different locations all over the school. So you can just come in and do your presentation and go home. Or if you want to come to some of your friends' presentations, you can do that. I think we'll require the juniors to come to see presentations. And that is going to give them, I think, a really helpful vision of what they're going to be doing next um, year. One of the questions is, since we know this is a pass or fail class, mm -hmm. why is every assignment given a number grade? Shouldn't it be completion or incomplete? Um, it seems that grades are harsh. At this point, my child has an F, meaning that this class that is completely new to CCS could keep my child from graduating. Well, I think ideally we're, well, I would say just kind of speak to the second of the, half of that first. The goal would be that you can revise and bring that mm -hmm. grade up because we are pretty early on. Um, and then I think the numeric grades, they don't have the same meaning as other, as your numeric grades in other courses, if that makes sense, because they're not going to be calculated into your GPA. So yeah. the giving the, giving each assignment a numeric grade um, helps, helps the, your mentors to communicate to you where you need to make improvements rather than just this was incomplete fix these okay. things. So it yeah. gives you that vision. And I think too, just over the course of the year, it gives you a, a really clear gauge on where you are. So you like, for example, if it was just a complete incomplete, you could be sitting at like a 67 all year and think that you're fine. And then something happens and your grade dips below 65 and you're failing, but you didn't expect that. So this just, this gives you a sense of where you are, but ultimately the number isn't going to be factored into your GPA. Yeah. If that. So 60 
you said what what is the exact number so my understanding is that ccs academic policy is 65 and above is passing okay so you will need to get a 65 or higher on the paper the project reflection and the presentation in order to pass for the year like averaged out or Mm -mm. if you know you'll need to pass on each each one okay if you don't you will not be heading to college the next year (laughs) not anytime soon (laughs) Uh, um so back to earlier when we were talking about the speeches so Mm -hmm. they're so is there the duration time is like 20 minutes is Mm -hmm. that how long like minimum or maximum i think minimum Minimum. so like 20 to 30 so let's let's i got my handy calculator out so we got (laughs) great 20 minutes so we got times 107 people correct I think it's 115 oh even more okay wait hold up okay 20 people i'm interested to see where this is going 115 it's gonna be 2300 so, okay okay she knows what she's doing no okay i'm just I'm, okay then divided by 60 hours hours yeah okay. you can so we have math. 38 hours yeah, they're not. But be they're either. not all. They're not all at separate times. <laughs> they're not going to be all one the same after time. another. So you're going to have like oh, so you're not thirty happening at once all over the school. So I thought we said they were going to be I all together. Oh, okay. like some number of. I mean, rooms. there's only a certain amount of places where we could do this, right? Yeah, there, there's. So you're not going to be in front of your whole student body. No, 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 no. Unless you want to. Unless you want to. Well, no, not the whole student body though. I'll do that. Okay. We'll probably use the FAC that's for profitable. people who want to have a have a larger audience. Yeah, that's 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 profitable. Um, how does the potential benefit outweigh the stress that this is causing the seniors? That's a great question. What do you think? What do I think? Mm-hmm. Well, if I had it my way, we would just do community service, and I would okay. feel great about myself because I was helping these little kids. Okay. And I think that I wouldn't just i mean it wouldn't just be like i'm feeling great about myself like i think it's a good thing to do and mm-hmm. I think i've heard a lot of people say like yeah we're a christian school like we should definitely be involved in the community service and like it's something that ccs has done since as long as i can mm-hmm. remember so yeah i think this takes that value and gives you the chance to target that service towards an area that you specifically care about so in my understanding of what community service has looked like before this gives you a greater range of options and directions that you can go um i think what's tricky so i would say in my experience of working with students in this kind of a project before it's the kind of thing that you may not see or feel the benefit of until you've finished it um but i will say that i've i've gotten emails over the years from students who have said this was one of the most valuable things and I did in high school. Like this helped me realize that I was really prepared to be working independently in college. Like I got to college and people didn't know how to do this, but I did because of um, this project. So I think, I think a lot of this project is helping you to do something that you didn't know that you were capable of. And you will realize that on May 19th, if not Mm -hmm. before. Like one of my favorite moments of the year is that day and seeing seniors come out of their speeches and be both so relieved that they're finished, but also so proud of themselves because of what they've done. And they've just led like a group of adults in conversation about a topic that they care about. Yeah. 
Okay. So, I don't know. I mean, I think that speaks to potential ben benefits. I don't know that that totally answers the question of how does that outweigh the stress. I think some yeah. of the stress is like the learning process, but I think we as the people leading this are working right now to gauge where that stress is and to and not to just dismiss it and say like, well, that's part of the process, but yeah. to see what can we do to mitigate that and to support you and to make sure that it's not um, edging into an unhealthy level of stress. So I would say that like, that's something that we're wrestling with yeah. as we're working through this. And I mean, for anyone that cares about my opinion, I don't know that anyone does, but no. um, basically I feel like the, a lot of the stress is kind of misplaced hmm. in the sense that like, especially having these conversations, like we had a conversation earlier, even today. Mm -hmm. And I felt like it's like, you're very understanding of like the, where I'm coming from and like what I'm having to do in mm -hmm. terms of, you know, getting ready for college right. and all that stuff. And I feel like if you just have a conversation or obviously, mm -hmm. I mean, it's 115 students trying to have a conversation with you, but like, if, if, if you really care about this and you're like willing to at like, l at least just have a conversation with Miss Harmon, like she's going to like understand, um, where you're coming from and she's going to try and help you. And I think too, like, or your mentor, that may be yes, a person that, who's more, that probably is more easier. accessible. Yeah. But yeah. And I think I, so I've been meeting with students one-on-one -on -one in capstone workshops starting before break and then continuing to this week just to hear from people. So I think I'm like walking around saying, what are you working on? How are you doing? But I'm not, that's, people aren't saying to me, like, I'm so stressed. I, I don't know if I can do this. So sitting down and asking people what has been challenging for you, what has been confusing, how can I support, how can I support you? How can we make some changes or how can we provide some things in this process to support you? How can Capstone Workshop support you? And that has been really helpful to yeah. me just to hear from students how you are experiencing this as you're moving through that. So I would say I would be happy to have or other mentors would be happy to have those conversations with students who aren't in capstone workshop just to get, get some of that feedback. And I mean, I'm not, I'm the first to be the one to call out CCS and say like, come on. Like, you know, I've, I've historically had lots of times when I'll be like, this is just stupid and about things that CCS have done. But like, I'm not, and I'm not so like, I'm not going to just like sit back and let my, let something that I think is like, not a good process, mm -hmm. you know, just having without having some kind of say in it. But right. I do think that I do really believe that uh, if you just have those conversations and like make that attempt that I think that this could be something that is actually productive. And I know a lot of people might still disagree with me, but like, I think, like you said, like it might just be something that we have to get to May 19th and like see, turn around and see. Yeah. My hope is that even earlier than that, because I think right now, like the the one of the things that has been striking to me is how unclear people are on the purpose of the assignments. And mm -hmm. I think and I think that's been so widespread that it's clearly not a fault of you guys. And I don't I think we haven't found a we're still working to find a way to communicate the purpose so that you know that the work that we're asking you to do is purposeful and that yeah. it's not busy work. And I think some of it has felt like busy work, yeah. but it, I would say this, <laughs> the planning that we did this summer for the capstone is more 
ad, like advanced long range planning than I've ever done for a class that I've taught. Mm. And so that gives me the confidence to say all of these different steps are leading up to something. They're not just thrown in because we thought you needed to do an annotated bib. Yeah. If that makes sense. But I also recognize that on your end yeah. of it, you're just seeing this is the assignment that I have in front of me. I don't know. Like, I don't know why I'm doing this. I don't know what the point of this is. Um, so I think that's, yeah, I think that's where I would yeah. welcome feedback about where things are starting to make sense. Um, what is helpful in conveying purpose so that you have like, so that it's not just nine months of drudgery and then you get to be happy on May 19th. I feel like it's kind of just one of those things where it's like, you're going to get out what you put into it. Like yeah. if you treat, if like all this is, is just like a homework assignment where you're yeah. just like, okay, let me just get through this and then I'll just turn it in and get a decent grade and just go to college but if but yeah. if you're treating it as like a project where you're actually trying to make a difference, it's going to be a lot more meaningful, and you're going to not, yeah, like, yeah. not just like, yeah. Like, and I think that's where the topic choice is so yeah. Crucial. That's what I was about to say. Like yeah. even in my experience, like, right? I originally picked a topic that I was just kind of like, well, I know a good community service thing I can do. Mm -hmm. That'll be easy. Mm -hmm. And then I had some more conversations, thought about it, and I was like. I think it's going to be better if I pick a topic that I'm more interested in right. and actually yeah. like think this would be so miserable if we like got a signed topic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is true. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, yeah. So at least, yeah, that's good. So I hope that we at least answer some of y'all's questions. Um, and obviously if you have any more questions, what, what would you recommend is the best way to like, convey questions. Yeah. Yeah. I would say feel free to email or come talk to me to, if you're a student, feel free to email or talk to your mentor. Yeah. Um, we're like, we are here to help and come alongside you. I think one of the other like logistical things that's been tricky is that we're, we are meeting with you just for 30 minutes a week, which is not a lot of time mm. and it's not yeah. enough time to have like meaningful interaction and really help you in your work. So I think we're also looking for, how can we have some more like touch points so that our interaction with you isn't just, this is a person who's like telling me what to do on an assignment and giving me grades and that's all. I think that's definitely something that probably, and I know a lot of this will probably change over the years, you know, even just yeah. from year to year. Yeah. Like, so we are, we are the guinea pigs, but I mean, yeah, but I'm I think here you, for And it. I think the invitation to you then is, your feedback is really helpful yeah. in in enabling us to form this into something that's meaningful mm -hmm. and doable. So we, yeah, we would welcome that. So guys, this has been Ann Hartman. It feels weird to say her first name, but, uh, and then my friend co-host Isaiah, Isaiah Harris, you know um, Barge Podcast episode five. It's been a great time with you guys. Um, hope you guys enjoyed it and Follow us on Instagram. We know there might be a lot of moms listening to this podcast. We can use this, all those moms, mom power. Guess, guess the 200 followers or something. I don't know what we're at. So love you guys. Uh, signing off. She. <laughs> all right. This podcast is not affiliated with Chattanooga Christian School whatsoever.